to act like atheists. We're only going to be responding two of those ways. Um, so, Josh, what's that, man? How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Chelsea match tomorrow night, so I'm looking forward to that. But it's all good. Really excited for that. And I'm also really excited <laughs> to go over this um, video with you from Trent Horn. Yeah, I'm super pumped. And I'm, yeah, sorry, my mom just called me right here as we're trying to record. <laughs> um, hi, mom, if you ever listen to this. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited for this. Um, looking at Trent Horn's video, I really value Trent and his perspective. And there's a lot of things I agree with him on, um, which is like, I'm only responding to the first two, because for the most part, I don't have too much to say on the rest of it. And yeah, Josh, any preliminary thoughts before we dive into this video? I definitely agree with you. I do think that towards the end of, I mean, at least he made, I, th I think he makes seven arguments or something along those lines. I think a lot of those other, the later ones are quite interesting and quite helpful to just look at. And I think that it's only on the first two parts where we generally think we have more disagreement over. So as a result, we're only going over the top, the front two. We're not like disagreeing with everything he's saying. We're just mainly focusing on the first two um, kind of arguments that he provides. Yeah, perfect. Um, we're just going to dive right into this. Um, lots of love and respect for Trent Horn, if you ever listen to this. Um, and yeah, here we go. I just got to get this pulled up. And we are going to dive right into this. So here's the first way where he's going to be talking about shifting the burden of proof. And it's at one point two five. You know, a lot of Protestants, let's say the Protestants at the Capturing Christianity Conference, they might be annoyed if they talk to an atheist. Someone says, I'm an atheist, prove God exists. And those Protestants might say to that atheist, well, okay, I can offer a case for God, but what's your case for atheism? Prove to me that I should be an atheist. And a lot of those atheists will say, well, no, atheism is the default. I just lack a, I lack a belief in God. So atheism is the default. If you, Mr. Christian, cannot prove Christianity is true, you can't prove theism is true, that God exists. I think a lot of Protestants and Christians in general, then it follows that atheism is true. I'm not going to get into the whole debate about the definition of atheism. That's probably an entire other episode I definitely want to do soon. But I think a lot of Protestants, like at the Capturing Christianity Conference, would say, well, no, atheism is the denial or rejection of the existence of God. Atheism can't just be not theism. You can't say atheism is true just because I fail to prove theism. You've got to make your own case. But then I feel like when it switches over to the disputes between Protestants and Catholics, Protestants have that similar burden of proof stance that atheists do. They'll say, well, if a Catholic can't convince me that atheists can't convince me dogmas. If the Catholic cannot convince the Protestant, then the Protestant is justified in embracing Protestantism. But I would say, no, that's not the default. Protestantism is not the default position unless you define Protestantism as merely a lack of belief in Catholicism or orthodoxy. And so that brings me to similarity number two. Okay, so before we get into similarity number two, um, the main thing Trent's trying to get at here is we have this idea of like under Protestantism, um, or like it, Protestants and like Christians don't like when atheists are like, it's just a lack of belief. Um, we're just going to presume atheism before we get going. And he's saying, hey, if you're a Protestant, you just presume Protestantism and like um, before things get going because it's just a lack of belief in Catholicism or Orthodoxy. Um, it's the same thing the atheists are doing. We don't like what they're doing, so we can't do that. Um, so Josh, what's your take on what's Trent saying? Well, I think that he does pick up something which is very important, which is that I believe most of this entire discussion depends on how you're defining what Protestantism means and also what Catholicism means. We're going to come back to it, I think, a bit in um, the second kind of similarity that we're talking about. However, I do think that when he's referring to Protestantism, I don't think it's a very good label just because of how broad different Protestant views are. For example, there's Calvinists and you could see some, some Armenian is, it, is that how you pronounce it? Some Armenianists? Armenians, or, I think, yeah. Yes, those people who also would be considered, I would say, Protestants. A lot of people believe in both views, some Molinists, but then all of them, although might be viewed as Protestants, don't actually view, believe in all the same things. And in the same way, it seems that when he's suggesting that, okay, the 
okay, they're trying to shift the burden of proof. I wouldn't necessarily say that's the case because a lot of times being a Protestant or being more specifically being a Calvinist, you also have loads of individual things that you have to argue for. And in the same sense, it does seem to suggest that, well, it goes back to, well, where exactly is the starting point of Christianity? Are you starting off, like, imagine someone just suddenly believes in the resurrection of, of, of Jesus Christ and, and accepts him as his Lord and Savior. Does that person naturally become a Catholic? Is that person naturally becoming a Protestant? Is he becoming a Calvinist all of a sudden? I think that it does raise more questions and is more complex than is being suggested by Trent Horn in, in, the, in the idea that, oh, the, the Protestants are all just saying, okay, you, Calvin, you, you Catholics have to prove absolutely everything. I don't necessarily think that that is really the perspective that most Protestants are coming from, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's good, Josh. What I would add to this is um, when I'm thinking about like when I personally like from my my purely intellectual cap, which I don't have a purely intellectual cap, when I try to think about it without emotion, which is impossible, I'm just going to try to do. Um, it's similar to like when I make a case for God, like we want to say, or like the tools of science, we're looking for a couple things when we're trying to figure out like what's the best view or the best explanation. You could look at like at simplicity, um, which is which view maybe holds like the least amount of claims that need to be true for that like claim to be true. Um, and also like explanatory powers, like looking at like the evidence. Um, this is where we get into like maybe like does the Bible support the papacy or does tradition support apostolic secession, th- things like that. Um, but this point is really about simplicity to me. So in one sense, I think Trent's right, because like if we're just going to sit, if we're annoyed when the atheist says prove God exists, and if I just say, hey, Trent, prove that the Catholic Church is like the true church, like that's that, that's not right. Um, we do have to make a case. So he's right there. But I do think that we can like maybe add a little bit more to Protestantism um, to make it like a little bit more like to show it's like a very simple view, um, simpler than Catholicism, because it's going to make less claims. Um, so here's the way I see it. So like Catholics, Protestants, Orthodox, um, they all affirm like a mere Christianity. Like you go to something like the Nicene Creed, we're going to have like the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Trinity and things like that. Um, however, I think that, why well, I don't think, I believe this pretty strongly, Catholics are going to have to add a lot more things to the Nicene Creed that have to be true for Catholicism to be true. These would be things like views on the papacy or the church um, or maybe like the Eucharist, things like this. Whereas under Protestantism, I don't have to have a view on the papacy or the church um, or the Eucharist to make my case for Protestantism. It's a simpler view. Um, because Protestants are making all the same or Catholics are making all the same claims as Protestants are in terms of like the fundamental, like core truths of Christianity, looking at like a Nicene Creed, like we all affirm that, but then Catholics add a bunch more claims to that, which makes it more complex. It doesn't mean that like Catholicism is false. It just means that like Protestantism is a simpler view than Catholicism. Um, and since it has, it's a simpler view, it makes less claims. There's less ways for it to be false. So all things being equal, we should prefer being like a mere Christian holding like a Nicene Creed um then like saying like being like a catholic or something like that because because of the less claims and i think this gets down to the idea like protestantism like it's not a church like the catholic church so like there is no like protestant like dogma that you have to hold to um to be a protestant i just say like when i think of like being a protestant i'm like i'm just a mere christian i just affirm like the very fundamentals of like the christian like truths like the death and resurrection of death and resurrection of Christ, Trinity, and things like that. Um, so that's my take on this, is I'm like, at the surface level, Trent's right. But if we do go deeper, I think that we can show that like um, Protestantism, which I'm saying is just like a mere Christianity, is a simpler view. So it's going to be preferred if the data is equal on both sides, because it's just, it's simpler. So that's what I think. Mm-hmm. I definitely think I like the argument you make, because I I think that um, it seems that Trent is arguing, okay, the that Protestants are arguing that, okay, the Catholics have all the burden of proof, whereas the Protestants don't need to do anything. And I don't necessarily think that that's what the Protestants are coming from. 
they're like, mm-hmm. yes, we do have to prove certain parts of what we believe. Right? We have to believe that Jesus rose from the dead. In the same way that Catholics have to uh, prove or demonstrate that Jesus rose from the dead. But at the same time, they also have other propositions as well, which give them perhaps a heavier burden of proof, not, not a comparison in the sense that we have no, nothing to prove, you have everything to prove, but more so saying we have some things to prove, but you have more things to prove than us just because of the things like the papacy and all these other beliefs. I think as we might see later on in the video, we like if you're talking about someone like, who's like a Calvinist, they might have more things to prove than at least in my of structure than maybe someone who is just believes that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Maybe a Randall Rouser who doesn't believe too much in uh, in all in all this cal in more Calvinist or more traditional kind of uh, belief systems, right? So I think it depend it really depends on the individual as well, and and it depending on the pro- propositions that the individual holds, they might have a stronger or a, a weaker um, amount of things that they have to prove in that in that perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd encourage people maybe just like look up, like say the apostle, like the Apostles' Creed is even simpler than the Nicene Creed. Mm-hmm. Um, you can look up, like just say the Apostles' Creed. Like me and Trent and Josh and um, Christians, all Christians would affirm like the Apostles' Creed. And obviously, it's going to get tricky. Like you know, Trent could push back and be like, "Well, how do we know like what's considered like a Christian, and what's not? Like Unitarianism and stuff like that." Like he's going to in the next clip, um, which is a fair question. But if we're looking at it, like just just say from like mere Christianity, mere Protestants um, versus like Catholicism. I affirm the Apostles' Creed, Trent does too. And I'd say maybe, let's just say for the sake of like debate, all these things, like you believe all these things, that's essential to like Christianity. Trent adds a bunch more beyond the Apostles' Creed that I don't have to, um, making his view more complex than mine. So that's that's how I see things. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay, so let's get into this next clip, um, which is similar, but he's going to talk about shifting the burden of proof. Two. Uh, I think, once again, a lot of times uh, Christians can be frustrated when they talk to atheists and atheists only define atheism as the lack of belief in the existence of God. In order for atheism to be robust, to be interesting, to say something about the world, it's got to make some kind of positive claims, even if it's just there's no good reasons to believe in God. But the most robust atheism says God does not exist. Or if you're a materialist atheist, only material objects, objects exist. Or maybe it's a kind of naturalism. And so once again, Protestants might be frustrated with that when dialoguing with an atheist. But sometimes I feel like that happens in the dispute between Protestantism and Catholicism. So piggybacking off similarity number one, this idea that, oh, well, Protestantism is the default position. And so if Catholicism... I'm sorry, I got the title of what number two is from. There it is right there on the screen. ...and orthodoxy, if you can't prove those things, I'm going to be a Protestant. I don't believe that's the default position. Because Protestantism is not merely not being Catholic or not being Orthodox. You also believe things like a 66-book canon of Scripture that is inspired, inerrant, and is the sole infallible authority, or sola scriptura. So you've got positive beliefs here. Now, some people might say, well, Trent, if you take Catholicism and Orthodoxy off the table, only Protestantism is left. And I would say that's not true. Uh, Because consider myself in my conversion experience. I believed in a God, and then in high school, I believed that Jesus rose from the dead. And in fact, capturing Christianity and William Lane Craig and these other Protestant apologists, I should say apologists for mere Christian theism, they're not defending an articulated Protestantism like sola scriptura, sola fide. They just, William Lane Craig and Cameron and J.P. Moreland, a lot of other people, they just want to get atheists to believe God exists and Jesus rose from the dead. But if you believe those two things, God exists, Jesus is God, and Jesus rose from the dead, are you a Protestant? A lot of people would say, well, yeah, you're Protestant unless you decide from there to become Catholic or Orthodox. But imagine, because here's the position I was in. I looked at the Bible as merely human documents, and I came to believe that Jesus was God. What if I said, you know what? I'm not sure which Christian church to belong to, or I'm not even sure about the Bible. I am just going to treat the Bible like human books, and if it records something that Jesus said, I'm just going to follow the words of Jesus, and that's it. 
like let's call it a red letter Christian, like those, those older Bibles that put the words of Jesus in red. Are those Protestants, even though they don't believe in the Bible, the canon of scripture, sola scriptura? And that was the thing that I said with Cameron. I said, is sola scriptura and sola fide, are those necessary beliefs to be a Protestant? I read a survey recently that said 40% of Protestants don't believe in sola scriptura. Now that doesn't prove sola scriptura is false, right? There's a ton of people who say they're Catholic, who don't believe Jesus is truly present in the Eucharist. But here's the difference. I can go to the catechism and say, those people who say they're Catholic, but deny the real presence, they're contradicting the Catholic faith. But there's no catechism for Protestantism, right? There are Protestant catechisms for all of the individual Protestant denominations, but there's no universal authority that says what is and what isn't Protestant. What about Unitarian Universalism? These people say they only believe in the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man. Are they Protestant? When I brought these issues, these examples up to Cameron, he said he wasn't sure. He had to think about it. And that's why I think it's super important when Protestants and Catholics are dialoguing with one another to remember this burden of proof. It cannot be if Catholicism cannot prove itself, Protestantism wins by default. Honestly, I think the more honest position is to say, well, you start at mere Christian theism, that if you follow the evidence, there is a God and he raised Jesus from the dead, mere Christian theism. And then from there, where are you going to go? Are you going to go to Sola Scriptura, 66 book canon, inspired inerrant Protestantism? Are you going to go to orthodoxy, larger canon, sacred tradition also, no sola scriptura, and you have the sacramental system? Or are you going to go to Catholicism with a different canon than orthodoxy and Protestantism, uh, but also has sacred tradition and the living magisterium? So it's not just Protestantism starts out as the default. I really believe the default is God exists, Jesus rose from the dead, mere Christianity. And then, do you, and then where does the evidence go from there? Does it go to sola scriptura, scripture and tradition? in orthodoxy or scripture tradition and a universal magisterium we find in catholicism all right number three okay so where do you want to take this josh <laughs> well i think that in some sense he almost answers his own criticism in, in, mm -hmm. in to some degree in the sense that if he is going to define and this is why i mean uh previously when i said this is a very definitional approach it's like if you're going to define protestantism as something which is okay everything which is not catholic or orthodoxy then naturally most people will fall who aren't Catholic by definition and Orthodox into this Protestant category. As a result, it's easier to have this kind of conflict. However, if you're going to have perhaps a more specific view of Protestantism, I think that it's quite important, especially with this kind of conflict that, um, that um, Trent is trying to present here, is that he's trying to say, well, okay, these Protestants are making this argument that um, they are holding something which is just not everything which is not Catholicism or like the lack of Catholic faith. However, the problem arises like, well, I don't think that that's a very helpful distinction, especially if you're going to just say Protestants as containing all Calvinists and whatever, all these different uh, denominations within Protestantism, because, well, the Calvinists would have their own set of positive beliefs and the, and another a Baptist might have their own set of positive beliefs about different parts of the Christian faith. And in the same way, you could say, well, okay, is someone a Calvinist in the same standard that um, Tread was saying? Is someone a Calvinist if they do not believe in predestination? Well, I mean, you could probably find Calvinists who would say they're Calvinists who don't believe in predestination. But I mean, if you're really traditionally Calvinist, you probably would believe in predestination along with a few other different beliefs. And the same way, this idea of him saying, well, oh, a lot of times the Protestant, Protest, Protestants are unable to kind of have something to contradict or at least one set of like, a catechism to go back to, I don't think is necessarily correct because I do believe that a lot of Protestant denominations do have kind of at least certain beliefs which make them that denomination because if they didn't have those beliefs, then, well, they would, the, the idea of Calvinism would be meaningless because it wouldn't have any way to differentiate from other uh, denominations as well. So I do think that it's very important to look at the definition. 
And also when we're looking at these individual sects or your, your individual denominations, you have to approach it from a more specific perspective instead of just using an umbrella term like Protestantism, especially in a discussion like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that what I want to go back to right here um, is there are a couple of things. One is, I'm not saying Trent's saying this, but it seems like sometimes he's like saying Protestantism, like to be a Protestant, you have to like believe in like Sola Scriptura, which I mean, I with the way I've been trying to understand, like pro I'm trying to say Protestantism is just basically, it's just mere Christian three. It's just like a basic Christian theism. So you don't have to believe in Sola Scriptura to like be a Protestant. And like, like I hold to Sola Scriptura, um, but like you cannot hold to it and be like a mere Christian. Um, and I'd say that's consistent with like the Protestant tradition of just like um, protesting and breaking away from like the Catholic church and Orthodox church. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would say that more spelled out versions are going to have to like defend positive beliefs. Like if I'm going to say, hey, Sola Scriptura is too, I got to defend it. I can't presume it. Um, but again, like for me, like the heart of Christianity, the heart of like being um, a Protestant is a mere Christianity. I don't need to affirm all these other things um, for mere Christianity. It's like, as Trent says, like um, you can believe three things. One, God exists. Two, Jesus is God. And you can tell like the, like the incarnation and Trinity from things like this. And then three, Jesus rose from the dead. And I'm like, that's a great summary of like mere Christianity, which to me, I like, I'd assume with like a Protestant like tradition of just like, Hey, let's hold like a fundamental Christianity. And like, I have to add all these other things in um, to say, this is what you need to be like in like a right standing with it. Well, Trent would agree like Protestants and um, stuff are saved, but like, you know, what I'm trying to say is I'm trying to think about how to best like phrase this. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying, Josh? Mm -hmm. I think, I think I understand what you're saying. And in some sense, I would say perhaps even Trent agrees with the argument that you're giving, because at the end, he seems to try to create this kind of structure of religion where you or Christianity, where you start off at mere Christianity and then either mm -hmm. move into Protestantism, um, Catholicism, or Orthodoxy. And yeah. in the same way, perhaps what you're calling Protestantism is what he calls mere Christianity or what you call mere Christian, like what he, what you would believe is Protestantism is not something which Trent would label as Protestantism. And yeah, I think that's that right. Protestantism at all, but rather mere Christianity. Mm -hmm. I think that this is precisely where the historical kind of distinction becomes very kind of, I, I'll, I don't want to say unhelpful, but it is quite, it, it makes it very difficult to have these labels or at least use these labels mm -hmm. in a Protestant Catholic divide because, because in the sense that Kind of traditionally, as you say, Protestantism is kind of like the breaking away from the Catholic Church, or at least the beliefs like the magisterium, the Pope, and the infallibility of the Pope, and those things, right? So, so naturally, everything which falls apart from it technically would be seen as Protestantism, including mere Christianity. However, at mm -hmm. the same time, Trent seems to be suggesting that, well, okay, yes, that might be the historical definition, but at the same time, that's separate mere Christianity from Protestantism to say that, wait, you Protestants who like to say you're believing in mere Christianity, that's fine. But at the same time, the moment you're going to assume another belief, you're no longer a mere Christian, part of mere Christianity, which is true. But at the same time, it doesn't seem to, it seems to completely separate them into another category. And then, well, I don't think he's no, then I don't think he's really critiquing what we're kind of viewing mm -hmm. as Protestantism, if you got what I mean. I, I yeah. don't think I'm wording myself the best, but it seems to be there's a bit of a definitional conflict. Mm -hmm. yeah I, th I think this is i think we're on the right track and this is why honestly this is why i love like doing videos like this instead of like scripting everything out because it really helps like i really think it helps listeners think about like how we're thinking about things um and hopefully like for me um it's definitely doing that so hoping that for listeners just want to put that note out there but yeah i mean i think that trent would say like a mere christianity at least the way he's been trying to say isn't protestantism so like if i'm going to say like hey um i believe in like god exists jesus is god and like jesus rose from the dead 
I think Trent would say, and I, I could be wrong, um, that I'm not a Protestant just by that. I have to add on things like Sola Scriptura to really be like a fleshed out Protestant. And I'm sure you could quote like um, early Protestants that like would say like you have to hold a Sola Scriptura or things like this to be like adhere to our tradition. Um, I guess what I'm saying is like, why, why not just be like a mere Christian? I, I don't see the need to add all these Catholic dogmas because I think it makes a more complex view of things. Um, it's a lot less simple than the Protestant view. It has a lot more ways to be false. Um, so unless there's like really good evidence supporting Catholicism, which I, I'm sure Trent believes, um, we should just be like a mere Christian and not be Catholic or Orthodox or anything like that. Um, so I think that helps. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. So mm-hmm. I guess, you know, labels, as you said, are, can be unhelpful a lot of times. Like, am I a Protestant? I guess, because I see Protestantism as just mere Christianity. Um, but if you see Protestantism as more complex than like a mere Christianity, then I'm probably not a Protestant. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with this. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely agree. And it, and it d- definitely brings in the idea of when people say, I'm a non-denominational Christian. It's like, well, what do you mean when you say you're a non-denominational Christian? It's like you're not part of any denominations. But then at the same time, does that lead you to be a Christianity? But it doesn't necessarily lead you to be a Christianity. It's almost mm-hmm. like it is the starting point from which you're able to explore all the different kind of beliefs about Christianity out there and you start off I think that that's kind of the mere Christianity that perhaps where we're both at and of course we're naturally going to kind of look at different teachings or different traditions and say well that 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 view might be quite helpful for my life or that view might be quite I disagree with that view and and you start kind of exploring this world of different beliefs or different traditions and then you kind of not I wouldn't say pick and choose but figure out well where is God leading you in that direction and I think that a problem with this this Catholic and Protestant divide is that I think a lot of times it's kind of saying, well, okay, you're either a Catholic and you believe in, you have to believe in absolutely everything in the Catholic tradition, or you're no, not part of the Catholic tradition at all, or you're part of some part of the Protestant uh, tradition. And then you're not part of this. Uh, it's like black or white when I don't think that that is even possible because I don't think there is any, how do you call it? I don't think there's any Christian out there who fully adheres to one's sect of beliefs or Calvinism to the letter or Catholicism to the letter as well. So I think that there is a way more nuanced kind of network within each Christian, which is making it very difficult to say, okay, that Protestant is arguing it's Catholicism, even though he labels himself as a Protestant as such. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm tracking with you and I'm on the same page as you and I don't have too much else to add. I mean, I'm trying to get like one of the questions is on the back of my mind that I, I, I would ask here, but I'm not like trying, I'm trying to figure out how to spell it out is like, um, so the question of like, what's the point of being Catholic or Protestant or Orthodox? Um, and like, you're like, obviously answer is like, for like Trent would say like, why should you be Catholic? Because Catholicism is true. Um, or like someone that say like, why should you be Orthodox? Well, because Orthodoxy is true. Why should you be Protestant? Why should, why should you be like a mere Christian instead of one of those things? That's when it gets tricky, actually. Um, like, I know Trent um, had, like, a version of, like, Pascal's Wager where he said, like, hey, if you're a Protestant and you think Catholics are saved, um, you have a lot to gain enough and not much to lose um, by just jumping the boat and becoming the Catholic. Maybe that's too far beyond the scope of this video. But, I mean, I, that question has been kind of, like, bo- not, know, maybe bothering me as I've been thinking about this video um, and what we've been doing. Because I'm just trying to think about, like, um, what's the motivation for being a Protestant over a Catholic just, like, um, pragmatically? And I'm like, I'm trying to think, well, I mean, I guess it's because it's more likely to be true, I guess you could say, because um, it's simpler. But I, I don't know. That's just kind of an open question I have right now as we're wrapping up this video. Definitely. I think I couldn't have ended off with a better wrapping off question myself either. I think that that's something which is definitely at the back of my mind as well. And I've been thinking about that quite a lot on the side for the mm-hmm. last few months as well. So that's definitely a very good place 
we can end off on a good question. <laughs> well, to all the amazing viewers out there, just let us know in the comments or whatever you want to do. Um, and maybe you can help me and Josh figure this out and think this through. Um, Josh, thanks for joining me and helping me to think things through on this very important topic. So any last thoughts or things you want to say as we close up shop? Nothing. Always a pleasure to be on your channel, mate. I really enjoy it. Yeah, man, it's been super good. And I love this conversation because I felt like we got kind of like a little bit to the edge of our thinking on like the Protestant Catholic debate mm -hmm. and hope like clear some things up. And yeah, I mean, that, that's it. So thank you everyone for tuning in. Thank you so much, Trent, for this video. Um, you're always very thought provoking and keep me going and thinking about this question. And yeah, that's it for today. If you value our content, um, consider pressing that subscribe button, like this video right now. Super appreciate that. Um, support's huge. And then if you value our content, uh, become a patron at patreon.com slash adhereanapologetic. Your support helps goes a long ways to making the show better and just help keeping me afloat. And yeah, that's it. So thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. Have a good one and God bless. And also a shout out to Josh Yen's channel, Philosophy for All. Um, should be, I think I can at you in the YouTube title now, but if not, then it'll just be like in the description. So, yep. Yeah, I finally got that privilege to be added now. So that's a good thing. <laughs> Well, right on, man. Have a good one, everyone, and God bless. We'll see you next time.